0: On this month's episode of Digital Signage Digest, we assemble a panel of digital signage players to talk about how we are dealing with the coronavirus pandemic and what a post-pandemic industry might look like. The Network for the AV Industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Digital Signage Digest episode number 14, Community Commitments. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment and by Christie Digital. I'm Lina Raleigh and this is Digital Signage Digest, the AV Nation TV show that looks at the news and issues of the digital signage market. On this episode of Digital Sinus Digest, we'll be taking a look at how some in the Digital Sinus Channel are dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, including special measures and provisions they have made for employees, how to keep a sense of community as we all work from home, and what a post-pandemic industry might look like. Joining me now is Richard Ventura, Vice President of Strategy for NEC Display Solutions, Brian Mazzaro, CEO and founder of OpenEye Global, and Brian mcclemons, vP of Sales at peerless a v Welcome guys. Thanks How's everybody doing? I know it's uh, we're all working from home we, this is all social distancing podcasting, so uh, just want to check in with you guys to see how everybody's doing before we launch into this semi very serious you know topic.
1: I just got out of my house for the first time in four days. felt good.
0: Nice. Awesome. So, you know, we've been about three weeks into this evolving situation. How are you guys, each of you and your employees doing during the pandemic? How are you evolving your business? What steps have you taken to safeguard yourselves and your business during this this really difficult time? Well, I mean, I can
2: speak from any seaside and we, we, um, in Chicago, I mean, both Brian and Clemens are living in Chicago, so we deal with very similar environments right now, and I know Brian Mazzaro, so you guys have a lot going on in New York New Jersey as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, we went to a uh, uh, work from home, it's been about a week and a half, almost two weeks that we started our people from work from home, and what's great is we've got a very resilient sales and marketing and, and operations and strategy organizations throughout the company and and we have all the tools and we had the tools ready for them and we went into this um, with microsoft teams and uh, utilizing uh, zoom and utilizing a lot of the other things that we have so that we were thankful that we had those things in place um, what's also was great was few weeks ago, in our company, one of the things that we talked a lot about is how as an organization and as people, we need to become more agile. And we found this to be an amazing opportunity and an amazing test for to see how people can become agile. Uh, and we've seen, we've seen our organization just really step it up. And um, the tools are being used and our people are engaging and, you know, NEC, our warehouses are still open. Uh, we're still delivering and shipping product. We're actually in our fiscal year end this suite this month. So it's, uh, it's added, uh, added workloads. Um, our sales reps are doing what they can to uh, drive business, but more importantly, engage with their customers and see where they can be helpful. Um, our, our people are taking education. Uh, it, it's just, it, they're using this as an opportunity to really know that when we come out of this to the new normal, we're ready to go. Uh, we're ready to rock. We're ready to do all the things we need to do and our partners uh, by engaging with them, they know that we're ready and uh, we know they're ready. So it's 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 been an interesting experience so far. Uh, I think it's been a great experience that really is helping uh, reset our people and reset our organization uh, as we continue looking at growth opportunities and, and new directions.
0: Brian Mcclemens of Perilous, how are you guys dealing with this crisis at the moment?
2: Yeah, like
1: Richard uh, mentioned, you know here in uh, Illinois, you know our governor was one of the first governors to put out the you know, you know social distancing thing. so we we actually were ahead of that as well as a company, and we did have our uh, salespeople go as well as several office workers go to a remote office application if they were able to and just like anything i think the biggest shout out has to go to everybody's i.t departments to be able to handle this because uh, in many cases our i.t department did stay back um, prepare because not every one of our employees had uh, laptops so they had to prepare uh, workstations to be able to be dialing in remotely so for people to come in and pick those up and get those and and do that so i'm really thankful for our i.t department and and, uh, and I'm sure anybody that's in the software business has uh, gotten calls from IT departments having to add a lot of licenses to companies uh, that didn't have uh, a lot of remote, remote uh, workstations. So uh, our IT department has helped us out quite a bit and we do remain open as uh, some of our products are uh, supplying into, you know, the hospitals and the healthcare facilities. So we are actively still supplying those orders as we, find our new normal. Um, i found that uh, I feel as though I'm, I'm as efficient, if not more efficient working from home because I'm constantly uh, on the phone, on video chats with customers, with employees. I think I, I've, I've made sure to reach out to our employees, at least my sales employees every day, uh, whether it's from a phone call, a text or a video chat, just to make sure everybody's, you know, how they doing, what's their state doing, what are the new changes, can we ship into California? Can we not? You <laughs> know, there's there's many evolving uh, things that uh, we're do- dealing with. I guess the only the only constant is change right now, and just being able to be adaptable.
0: Brian, as an integrator with uh, with a really thriving integration business, how are you guys doing? How you know? What does has your model changed? Obviously, it must have done it some on some level uh, since this started.
3: Well, living in the epicenter now, <laughs> apparently, um, no, it's, it's honestly not too much has changed for us. We, we, we never had an office. So for us, this is, this is every day, um, you know, we have 18 years to, to perfect our processes working virtually. So we had systems in place. We, we have our, our servers are, I mean, our processes are always designed around working virtually so there's been no interruption to our clients obviously you know any projects that were going live uh, from the physical side have been uh, pushed back but a lot of the design work and uh, still the programming is still continues to be on track um so we've we've not had any you know day-to-day interruption I, i think the biggest part of it has just been projects have been pushed off because obviously the unknown of when can you actually execute on something, but client reviews and um, you know still working to the same deadlines are, are all on track, and it's nice as our clients, you know, understood. I mean that this is the environment that we work in, and, and they're you know more than comfortable in how to interact with us, and, um, and we're you know really kind of tightened up on on everything that we do. From a, from a cultural standpoint, I mean my. my my team is, is always out there as, as well and jumping on webinars and, and you know, as rich about it too, looking for different means of education. And there's a, a lot of organizations that have been opening up their, um, you know, the resource library that you can tap into for, for information and, and so on. So I think in some of the downtime, there's education, there's keeping their mind sharp and, and getting ready for when the doors open back up that we can we can go outside and, and we're ready to go.
0: Is there anything from any of you guys, from each of your companies, where you guys you talk about keeping sharp in education? Um, how are you keeping your base educated? How are you keeping your base very close? I know we're making the calls and we're checking in on folks, but what web, do you guys have any webinars or or events that you have planned um, virtually to 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 maintain that that? community in that sense of um, still being a business
2: well I mean I think some of the things that we've done um, number one is um, all of our people are using teams and zoom not only during work hours but we're even having happy hours Mm -hmm. so we're keeping and it's really critical what you do right now and and I know Brian's organization they're digital nomads right they're all over the place most of our people aren't. You think about half of my company are working in our office. They're used to seeing each other every day. They're used to having lunch with the same person every day. So we're watching that. I Actually, I've been watching them on Facebook and other social media where they're having happy hours. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, the other thing we're doing is we're looking at it as a really good opportunity to help sharpen skill sets. And so I'm watching, uh, our, our teams are doing presentation trainings with each other. And they're doing trainings on our our products that we sell they're training on the products that we use um then i mean we're all members of so many great associations uh the dsf and we take the micro-credential programs from them i mean there's i think 25 to 30 courses right now Mm -hmm. that people are taking and all of our people are doing that Uh, avixa opened up education until june so Mm -hmm. we're highly recommending people doing that linkedin is offering courses um, I'm seeing. I mean, everywhere I turn, we're seeing free online courses. I mean, and then these webinars that uh, and Dave Haynes has done a great job in creating webinars and uh, getting stuff together. And we're looking at our partners' webinars and even offering to our partners: can we do webinars to train your people? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're looking at all those things. Uh, obviously, we got to keep our mind on the on focus that we need to sell <laughs> where we can. But utilize what's out there and also help create things. I think this is creating, um, like I say, when we come out of this, everybody who's focused on doing this stuff are going to come out bigger and stronger, and really ready for uh, moving business forward.
3: Yeah, I think that's just to add to. to I think what Rich said is, is that there's so many opportunities right now with, with what's out there for for education. I and mean, obviously, first and foremost, all of us are trying to find new business, but. You know, I think there's something to be said about how do you you know keep your team motivated and educated and um, you know could carry them through. I think that's the other challenge on on the business side is is you you also have to worry about your team, you know, keeping them um, motivated, excited, energized, and and making them feel confident that at the other end of this, everything that I'm telling you to look at or to read is preparing you for you know, whatever you know, this, this next iteration of our industry is. Um, and so I think that's that's a challenge. Um, so it's nice to find resources out there for all of us um, to spread it and in, back into our, our organizations. Brian? Yes,
1: uh, I agree with what uh, Rich and Brian both had, had mentioned as far as the webinars and we continue to do those. We've always had those scheduled with our customers with our training for our products. And we're we're looking to grow beyond that. And uh, it's also been an avenue for us to help take some of our salespeople as well as employees that are not very comfortable with LinkedIn or, or other social media to have our marketing team uh, get them up to date and uh, aware of it. So I'm seeing a lot more engagement from some of our people that weren't really aware of and engaged in social media in the past, I think this is absolutely an area that has excelled. And I heard a statement uh, just this morning that they believe, uh, they've seen some reports that uh, LinkedIn's usage is up 400% in the past week. Yeah. I And mean, that's, that's pretty solid, 400% increase. And I am still seeing some people try and throw information out there. I'm not on Facebook, but I'm glad that not a lot of people are putting personal stuff on LinkedIn. They're trying to keep it professional. Let's hope they all continue that way because I, I don't wanna see the two mediums blended. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, LinkedIn still needs to be the the business medium, not the social uh, personal
3: medium. Yeah, I, I I agree with what Brian said. It's it's I will say what's you know, that's I think that's the other part of this too. There's there's this balance because obviously it's a very concerning time. And you know, I I, I do like that there are people out there that at least ability to inject some humor into this in, in a, in a conscious way. You know, we, we, we all have, I think that's, I think Rich kind of said it too. It's like you, you do miss, um, I mean, even though we're virtual, I mean, you sort of, do miss the opportunity to laugh about things? And it seems like today there's, there's less to laugh about. It's, there's a lot of concerning news Uh, that's out there but it's nice to see that it is either on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter that there are still some people that are finding you know creative ways to get a laugh and I think we need that because if if we if all of us can you know look at the seriousness of of what this has this impact has on our industry I think that could be even more devastating you know we just we need to find the humor in it and I think we need to to continue to do things like this where you know these organizations are pulling. You know, everyone's trying to pull each other through it. So I think between the humor and just these these rallings of different groups is it's nice to see that that it's just there's that opportunity to kind of embrace each other's friendship.
0: Well, this is this was uh, what you said is leading to a question that I really really think about in terms of someone who does work from home and has worked from home for many years, and people who haven't and now having to immerse themselves in this new way of working. What the emotional impact would be on on everyone you know on people for whom that's not the the that's not a normal process for you know social isolation and social distancing does create some emotional uh can cause some emotional harm and i'm wondering if you guys have um experience that with your employees. I'm not saying to tell me personal stories necessarily, but how are you guys handling the emotional side of dealing with this? Because people are dying. You know, we're not, we're not alarmist. Uh, it's a crisis, definitely a global crisis. How are we handling that uh, as just emotional human beings? And I want to bring in Heather Sedowitz, president of Southtown audio video into the conversation. Thanks for joining us, Heather. Um, you may feel free to run with that first if you like.
4: Um, hello, everybody. So sorry I was late. Um, I had an opportunity to meet with uh, some people while distancing um, about a job um, who is essential. And uh, I'm sure, as you can all understand, we've got to take any chance we can get right now I'm because sorry, it's a brave yeah. new world. Um, so apologies for being late. Um, as for the isolation and the issue, you know, there, there's some fascinating things that I think are coming out of this Um, Over the weekend, I got together with some friends virtually, we did actually, in this case it was a Google Chat, Um, but my one friend uh, who lives in Chicago, I'm in Buffalo, set up a Google Chat with um, us, some other friends in Buffalo, uh, some other friends in Chicago, and a friend in Baltimore, and then also had us play a card game, so we had two devices at the same time. We sat around with drinks, Um, we laughed more than I've laughed in forever, played a silly card game completely separate, but together. Now, you know, I went to bed that night going, you know, I do this for a living. I'm, I'm an audio video girl. And I, you know, Dorothy, you had the power all along. <laughs> but we don't do that, right? Because we're always so busy doing whatever our routine is. So there's something about this ripping the Band-Aid off for people who are, are not comfortable with technology. It's forcing them, teachers especially, who have never taught remotely before, our kids who, you know, we're in a classroom, but now they're learning digital. They're probably the most comfortable with it. Um, as for the isolation piece, that's how we can reach out, right? Right? Us as who understand this, if we reach out to say, you know what? Friday night, we usually get together. We can't, but let's crack a beer open and have a social happy hour um, and get on these pieces that we've known already. Uh, my mom, it, they're going to get together virtually to, for their book club. I mean, these are baby boomers, right? And mm-hmm. so there's some really cool ways to connect Um, to stop us from being isolated. I think it's up to us in the industry to tell people that that's easier than you think it is. It doesn't have to be scary. Get them started, launch the meeting for them. Because the other, the second part that I think has been fascinating is, you know, I grew up during the 90s when it was about working all the time and being a robot and being the last one to leave the office. Um, And so we lost a little bit of that humanism in there. And here, when we're now isolated and we're all working from home, you're hearing dogs bark, the kids are walking up behind you, you know, it's all this human, it's like, it's leaking in, even if we didn't think that it should, and we're all kind of getting to know each other on a more human note. Um, so there's something kind of pretty cool to be said about, you know, yeah, I knew you had two kids, but I've never seen them before, <laughs> um, and now I get to see them pop into there and you're like, wow, you're a really cool dad, and those kind of pieces. Yeah, I think it's important to balance, you know, yes, we might be isolated, but maybe we'll come out of this a little bit more human.
0: Richard, I know you talked about having social happy hour with your team. Are there any other things you guys have been doing in in a way of emotionally supporting each other?
2: Well, all meetings are done on teams. There are no phone calls. Every meeting has to be. And we've actually been doing this for a while because I have a very unique organization um i have um if you look within the in the organizations the organization underneath me i have people from four different countries so i have language barriers and one of the easy way and, and not everybody works in the office together i have people in the field i have people in other countries and so i require all meetings are video based so they're on teams they can see each other Uh, Part of my team absolutely hates it because they want to sit on their computer and work and it calls them out and prevents them from ignoring the calls. Uh, I've noticed it opened up communication lines really well. We've been doing this for a while. And so we just rolled right into that, right? So once we said, okay, everybody's working from home, guess what? We rolled right into it and they've continued with it. And um, that's one thing. I'm also starting to do that now with partners. So uh, when I get a hold of certain partners that we need to talk through on stuff, I'm sending them team invites and i've had a couple of them they hop on and their videos off i said turn your video mine's on turn yours on mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm getting that we have to always have that touch right that relationship building if it's just over voice i mean you do that all the day with alexa and siri you've got no personal connection with those devices but if we're doing it over this we're maintaining a personal connection because relationships are critical for everything that you do um and, you know, tagging even what was said earlier about like their virtual happy hours and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm doing that on the weekends with 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 people that I work with in other countries just to see how they're doing. And it, it helps with morale. It helps with rapport. Uh, I mean, we, we all have people. I mean, Brian uh, McClymonds and I, we have we, we're, we have lots of people all over the world. And some of these individuals are feeling very isolated right now. Yeah. And the more we can talk to them, uh, the better. I mean, I just, we just were talking with our team in India, and they're a complete shutdown. They're not even allowed to leave the house to go to grocery stores. Wow. So they're extremely in an isolated environment right now. And we're making sure that we're doing video calls with them so that they see each other and they know we're all in this together. So
0: just to bring this into a digital signage bring us all into where we where our strength is what does a new normal look like for digital signage the digital signage channel what how, how how do we promote these you know obviously digital signage is actually playing a role in messaging and getting information out about the covid-19 but what does where do we go from here in terms of a, a, a channel
1: Well, I think that there's been a lot of examples of how digital signage has supported this initiative with getting information out there, even uh, people that used to use their menu boards in stores to highlight products that they're selling, you know, on there, they're actually promoting that, that they're having special hours for senior citizens and, and, you know, different information of store hours that they have in general, what's available digital signage is, is, easy to change remotely. So, you know, as Brian Mazzaro said, mentioned, you know, they've been uh, virtual for many years and they're able to update content, probably globally from working anywhere on their cell phones or on their, their desktop computers or laptop computers and change messaging instantaneously, which is really important with these constant changes because you really, this is an avenue where, you know, digital signage excels and print signage you know, is is outdated because you have the ability to update things on a, you know, relevant time-based need and change the message and tweak the message. Whereas if you were to print that, by the time you got that to the location, it's probably not current anymore. Mm -hmm. And so digital signage is new normal is quick changing updates, you know, and so it's constantly relevant in that space. And I think we're going to constantly see more and more of that happening. Uh, as we go on. And I think that there's going to be people that come out of this that are going to realize the power of digital signage and the, the necessity of it for communication. Now, I know there's been a lot talked about with touch lately, and I'm not sure how I feel about going to self ordering kiosks. Yeah.
0: And, uh, <laughs> exactly.
1: you know, I, mean, I know I'm supposed to use my knuckle, but uh, uh, did they? how well I know that, that that screen was clean just before I was there. Do I need to clean it myself and then touch it? So it'll be an interesting, the touch will need to, to go virtual.
3: <laughs> I, I think Brian is, is right. I mean, you know, we see it. I mean, we we have some financial clients that are open and, uh, you know, there's still customers going in and there's a need to educate the customers on what services are available to them. And I think more environments, if, if they have, whether it's restaurant, well, restaurants to degree, but I mean, um, just other the stores if, if they've hesitated to invest into digital i see them thinking about this very differently as, as brian had said because they don't have the means to to update what they have in store no one's printing and no one's going in there um but yet there's a digital infrastructure that has not collapsed it's it's there yeah. and so i see a lot of projects or a lot of companies that might have thought differently and will look forward in investing in it and i think I think on a touch screen, I I mean, I'm I'm kind of, you know, in one part, I agree with Brian. I mean, I'm going to be hesitant in touching something, but then I also feel that there's still a very large part of this population that it's still part of the norm. You know, it's still, you still go to, I I did it the other day, I went to Home Depot and I checked out with the self-checkout areas, you know, there's still an aspect of that that provides a function, I think what'll happen differently. There'll be different standards for cleanliness, maybe quote unquote, you know, how do you know if that's been treated or cleaned or, or protected that somehow we'll have to instill a sense that that had been done and and not just you to assume it. But I think the reality is we're all going to go back and still end up touching things, ATMs. Um, There's no way to get your money out of a bank really these days without an ATM and, and grocery stores and, um, you know travel when I mean, travel resumes, we all check in. I mean, most of us are still on the mobile, but there's a large part that still goes up to the counter and checks in on a kiosk. So, um, we just need to come up with a set of standards or, um, you know, something that goes along with the screen to ensure that it's been cleaned and, and it's sanitized properly.
1: Can they have a little strip on there so sanitize for your protection? <laughs>
0: I mean, is, is, there, is there an opportunity here? I mean, these might be on the outskirts of uh, digital signage development. But is there an opportunity here to develop screens that are somehow self-cleaning or that we don't necessarily have to touch? Uh, where is the technology? I, I am so certain that this, this pandemic is going to influence how we even think about interacting with anything that's not ourselves. So where do you guys see that going? We'll it's already there.
2: Again. It's, yeah. there. Yeah. it's there. No, I mean, yeah. it's there. I <laughs> Gestures, mean, right? Uh, gesture mean, it's, you know, here's the thing with touch, it's already there. I mean, the technology goes back to 20, 30 years ago when 3M introduced touch technology that was used in healthcare that was basically charged and it would kill uh, bacteria from growing and on the touchscreens. I mean, that technology's been there forever. Um, the problems you run into is that technology is very explicitly designed for healthcare space. Right. It's, design is not to be outside. It's designed is not to be in very large format displays, and it's very different, right? Um, what this creates is you've got really three really distinct things that are going to really come out of this. One is, you know, to address Brian McClyman's concern about the cleanliness, there's already companies doing it. Um, we've got partners that have built and have, uh, been claiming for and telling us to do this for many years and we we're working with them and you're going to see a lot of that stuff coming out. Um, so you have that, so you have both the cleaning as well as, uh, types of surfaces that can help with that. So that's one aspect. Uh, you mentioned about, Heather was talking about, you know, waving in front of it. We've got the whole gesture based interactivity. Um, That goes to something that is a bigger innate concern is that is the freak out of cameras in an environment. Um, Gesture-based touch is camera-based, right? So now we go into the thing of, oh, no, you can't put cameras in the environment. You're going to capture all my data and blah, blah, blah. What needs to happen for all this stuff to really, really move forward is we all kind of need to take a step back and stop worrying about The fact that there's a camera in the environment that camera is going to do thing and i hate the term camera i use radio sensors when we talk about it but that sensor is not there to take brian McLiman's picture and put it on a billboard in tokyo or in moscow that sensor could be used for triggering content when someone walks up so you don't have to touch a kiosk it can be used to allow for gesture interactivity it can be used for all kinds of things that we're talking about here. And I think this this pandemic and all the concerns we're going through, I think it's gonna get people to start thinking a little differently instead of the immediately, oh, that camera's violating my privacy, it's the end of the world. Maybe start thinking about way well, that that video sensor could help me, it could help do different things because I don't want to touch a screen. Um, it's gonna allow me to pick up a product and I can get information about that product right away because either a beacon or a sensor picked it up or the video sensor picked it up. I don't have to go to the kiosk now and touch it to get information. It just automatically populates in front of me. So companies have become opportunistic and start talking that way and looking at it. I, you know That's going to be critical. But it, it really is going to require us to change the way we think about things. Um, Brian Mazzaro said it. We are a very, very physical touch society. We need to touch everything. I mean, my nieces and nephews will touch my laptop screen because they think it's a touch screen because they're used to that. And it's not, and they get frustrated, right? Um, we are, though. We're a very, modern society wants to touch everything. So I think it's going to create those opportunities for us. But I think it's also going to, it's also that time we need to kind of step back and relook at things.
4: Rich, you don't think it's gonna be like uh, you know when you go to the shoe store and they have like the little uh, pantyhose things you put on your shoe on your foot so you don't slide your <laughs> you know, like little finger things, a little finger glove.
2: <laughs> I mean if you're gonna wanna carry those around, I mean glo- there are gloves that have the ability of doing touch through them. If you want to wear a glove and do that, great. But I don't see them laying out boxes of gloves in front of the queue. No,
4: I don't either. I was making a joke.
2: <laughs> but no, you know what though? The funny thing is I've actually had somebody tell me. I actually got an email. I think it was yesterday or the day before from a company saying we are making disposable gloves for touch screen. So you can put it your kiosk. And it was in uh, a Chinese company and I'm sitting there going, Oh yeah, I'm going to go spend all this money to put that in front of a kiosk in front of every one of them Then I'm going to hire a person to go and check every single kiosk and ATM tell That's never going to happen.
0: Yeah.
2: It's an interesting idea, but I just don't see that happening. How about That's a hand awesome. sanitizer right below each one? now there are no no wait there is is, is, there is a company right there is yeah Yeah. nova sign everybody's been laughing about a sanitizing digital kiosk for years Mm -hmm. it's smart it's a great idea you know i think where digital signage is going to have a really interesting aha moment is we got to remember the number one focus point of digital signage is communication we all forget that we go to immediately of kiosk and triggers it's about communication and so it's used a lot utilizing that 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 system that cms to not only communicate to a digital sign in public but your desktop is a digital sign being able to push information to somebody's screen if they're working remotely there's a lot of ways CMSs, is the CMSs is that really step to the table to find ways to bridge this gap are really going to be the ones that are going to be strong and are going to survive through this the ones that just focus on the big screens and that's all they're ever going to do they're they're going to shrink and they're going to go away especially with what we're dealing with today.
0: So here's the last question for us uh, as we move to close. And one or two sentences, what can we do to get the industry back on its feet post crisis? And I'm asking this because we've got a lot of canceled events where we would usually meet and discuss new products and product innovation and also, you know, education, which we're all trying to do online now, but what can we do um, once we've, come back to some kind of full functioning industry.
4: Heather, you wanna start? An excellent question. Um, Facts, not fear is is a huge piece of it, right? I think that, you know, I have a lot of conversation with this, my husband back and forth about will the world bounce back to the way it was or will it be forever changed? I think the answer is C, all the above. Um, I think what we're doing as an industry is pretty awesome, that Avixa, you probably touched on this, giving away free classes, CD is doing the same thing as are many others. Stronger together, the fact that we're helping each other out is 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 game changing. Um, and as we begin to come back together, it, it, it is facts, not fear. It's understanding um, that we can be together and I'm sure that, that maybe maybe that will be once a vaccine is out. Um, it's being honest and vulnerable. I think the people who are put, putting things on social media saying, oh, I did all of these things today. When, you know, meanwhile, I put together dinner in a crock pot while I'm helping my kids with their homework while I'm trying to do my job and then I forget to plug the crock pot in. That's probably more of what's really going <laughs> <Yeah>. on <here. laughs> Excellent. Um, so I think it's just being that honest and vulnerable and saying like, this is hard and we are, all, we are figuring this out together. It goes back to humanism um and you know we will bounce back it's going to take a little while um it's, it's yeah it's a tough it's not a cut and dry answer it's it's not just to be yeah continue to be out there continue to help your other um people in the industry um let people know you're there that that's really what's going to get see us through all of us brian McClemens, your thoughts
1: yeah i couldn't agree more Heather. uh it is all of the above and <laughs> it's the human touch as long as we continue to be in communication with everybody, and encourage people that you see that may be sheltering at home uh, and not comfortable going out. Let them know that it is okay, and that you'll you'll be there for them, and and you know help encourage them to get out there and meet with you because I think it will be an evolving and, and ever changing uh, position that we all have to take, and everybody will come out of it a little bit, just like everybody went into it a little bit in a different position. Everybody's going to come out of it in a different level and different position based on their experience. Because as, as, as we all are humans, we, we all form our basis of our mind and what we do based on our history. And every one of us will have a little bit of a different twist to the history of this changing, uh, you, know, you know, virus that we're all dealing with and how it affects us and our families and how we get back to work. And, and I think the, the best thing we can do is help each other out as we come
0: out of this. Richard?
2: You know, I think, um, you know, we've had such, we've had this dramatic basically stop, right? We've had shows like DSE go away, NAB's gone away. I mean, and now we saw, was it yesterday, I think the National Restaurant Association canceled as well, right? Or it was like, every time we turn up, there's no show in the next three or four weeks, we haven't heard anything yet, what's going on, right? we've missed out on opportunities for education, we've missed out on opportunities for engagement and everything like that. I think we've talked about everything, tools, um, on, you know, doing zoom and teams and, and things like that. Um, going and doing these online webinars and trainings, um, pick up the phone or log in and just call somebody and talk to them. Right. That's the things we have to keep doing. I think if we turn around and all just become shut-ins, uh, we're all going to walk out of this with, uh, Beards and not being able to walk outside in the sunlight, and we're not going to be able to come back to a normal level. I mean, I actually had one of my neighbor kids. gotta end this. Is one of my neighbor kids, uh, who's uh, she's fifteen. She asked me, "How did we react after nine 11 And cause she, because that's the only thing they can think of in oh. the, the recent past, right? I go, well, "What was different?" Um, we were angry. We were as people, no matter what, what level of impact was, we were angry about it but think about how we all rallied around each other right away right we need to keep doing that and I've seen like the I've seen all these different hangouts that are happening at lunch hours and AV and the AM doing things and the VIXA groups are doing this and DSF we got to keep doing that every one of us and if you don't get involved and do that we're not going to come out of this together the right way and I think we have to do those things. Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's a wonderful sentiment to end uh, our discussion on. Uh, Thanks for joining me today, everyone. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. I know we're all busy, even though we're working from home. We all have intense schedules. It seems, last time I read in the New York Times, that we're all working about four more hours than we usually do per day, which is insane. Uh, (laughs) But where can people find you, Richard, online?
2: Uh, you can pretty much find me in all the social media aspects. I <laughs> seem to be everywhere. So uh, Twitter, NEC underscore RV, um, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, um, calling NEC. I mean, you can find us everywhere. And I think, uh, you know, even with all the different trade
3: associations,
2: you'll find me or as well as anybody from NEC. Brian Mazzara,
0: where can we find you online? Uh, so, I'm at uh, OpenEye Global
3: on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Brian Mazaros as well on Twitter, and then all over on, uh, on LinkedIn and uh, probably a few other social channels.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Brian McClemens, where can we find you? Um,
1: I'm on the yellow pages, and <laughs> 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 various social media.
0: <laughs> as yourself? <laughs> yes. And <laughs> where can we find you?
4: Um, on Twitter for my little rants and raves, you can find me at tech underscore chi, c h i, as in a balance between life and technology. Um, same thing on Instagram um, or yeah, out there on the other socials.
0: Wonderful. Thank you all for joining me. It was a really eye-opening discussion. I appreciate all of you.
1: All right. Thank you. Pleasure. Be safe. Thanks. Be
0: healthy. I'm Lenore Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at lenore dsm. For Avery Nation, visit our website, avination.tv. You'll find this show and a host of others. While you're there, please visit our supporters section. These are the companies that support us financially and help us bring you Digital Signers Digest, coverage of DSE, Infocom, and more. All that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv.